I'm Steve. And I'm Byron. And we are Old Guys, guys Bitching. Hey, we did that pretty good this time. It's probably Yo, you're from... always like a moment behind me. No, that's just on your computer. We were absolutely together on mine. Really? Yeah. But I hope so. <laughs> I, ho- I hope you're right. Hey, I got to talk to you about something. Okay, go I, for it. I, there's something they do. I don't know if this is something in in just Washington State. Or if it's a federal thing, or, or or local, but whenever I go to the pharmacy, and I know you go to the pharmacy too, you can't get to our age without going to the pharmacy on a regular so, basis. So, so let me let me see if I can fill in the blank before you you give me the blank to fill in. Is it a case where? Uh, you, you go to the pharmacy and it's your last refill and you say, oh, could you renew that for me? And used to the pharmacist said, oh, sure, no problem. Now they say, no, I'm sorry, you have to go back for another doctor's appointment. Is that the blank you're filling in? No, no, I don't have that problem here. The problem I have is when I pick up a refill like I did today on, a, on something I've been taking for years and they go, you have to talk to the pharmacist. Oh, counseling. You know, you go to the counter and you pick it up. You have to get a counsel. Why do I need a counsel? I can counsel you. I've been using this damn piece of crap medicine for years. I don't need a counsel. Well, I know what it does. I know what it doesn't do. And I know what I shouldn't do when I take it, even though I do. Well, the only thing I can think of, and, you know, at this, at our age, you have to leave this possibility open. And that was when you step up, they always ask your birthday. You just reel that off. You give it to them. And then they ask you to verify your name. Did you have to stop and think? You know, that uh, unfortunately, I do. Okay, see, see, you know, that's and it. And then right when there. they say, and, and what's your date of birth? And it's like, uh, is this a quiz? I didn't study. <laughs> I don't didn't know that this was a quiz. See, that's it. Then that's they figure that, that you and I need the counseling because obviously we've forgotten since the last time we took this drug. Well, you know, and then you go to the counter, so you're just basically wasting time. You go to the pharmacist window, they got a little window there, there, there behind, and you go up, and they go, uh, "Is this a new prescription?" No, I've been taking it for years. Oh, then you don't need me to tell you anything, and they just close it up. Do you have any questions? No, I don't. Why did you waste my time? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why did you waste your t- time? <laughs> I didn't need to talk to you. You didn't need to talk to me. Okay. Well, let me jump in with another thing that is, is just freaking me out now. Uh, again, we are old guys bitching, uh, and so that means that we're old and we're bitching. But uh, hey, you're bitching, Steve. Uh, anyway, so it's been a long time since I've been bitching. So, so here's the other thing, and that is, I've I've got a, a Medicare Advantage program. Do you have like a Medicare? No, you're you're still working. What the heck? No, I'm so yeah, I'm not on Medicare yet. I, I mean, I'm signed up for it. But I'm not taking advantage of it at this okay, point so, because I have worker insurance. Right. So so I have a Medicare Advantage program, and that means right. that most of the prescriptions that I take, I get for like, you know, a buck or like mm-hmm. at most like four bucks. And then there's one that I've been taking for you know a couple of years. 
And I went to my pharmacy, and I said, okay, I need this refilled. They said, okay, come back in 20 minutes. I came back in 20 minutes, and they said, uh, that'll be $52. It was like, what? what? Wait, the last time I filled it, it was, it was 4 bucks. Is well, uh, your insurer is not uh, covering it. They've determined that it's a, a tier two drug now. It's like what? Okay, uh, wait a minute. You're your insurer Medicare. Well, when you have a, a Medicare Advantage, it, it's a, it's through a uh, another provider. Oh, uh, and see that way they ju- they just suck up your Medicare fee and then they. Uh, they allegedly give you advantages, but but anyway. So I said, well, you know, I, I got to talk to my doctor. We got to come up with something that's not a tier two drug. So I come home. I'm researching. I'm googling, and I think, well, you know, there's that uh, thing that they advertise on TV, like where you get like a discount card. And let's see what the discount card does. So first off, I have to find out what the names of the discount cards are. So I, I, uh, I researched that on the web, and I got several names. And then I put one in, and it says, what's the name of, of your medication and the, uh, the strength level? I give them that, and they, it's like considerably lower. And I think, whoa, if it's lower on this one, maybe I should try another one. And so I finally actually found a discount card that gets it back down to $4. However, I called my pharmacy and said, hey, I got this discount card, and uh, it says that now it'll only cost me $4. And they said, well, it would if we took that discount card. So it's like, so then it's like, okay, oh, just I'm going to hang up. Maybe I'll call back. Maybe I won't. And so I went back, and it says pharmacies where this is available. Well, I happen to live, like, you know, right in the middle uh, between two pharmacies. So let's call the one I've been going to the left pharmacy. So now I go to the right pharmacy, which actually turns out to be the right pharmacy because they accept the card, and it's $4 for this. And I'm thinking, Okay, now I'm really super confused. Are these, it's, it's like, do, do people just make up these drug prices as they go along? Because I that's what so. it seems like to me. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that there's no advantage to having Medicare Advantage. Well, there, there are advantages uh, because like... That don't work well, at these, most of these pharmacies. Well, with my doctors, see, I have like a zero copay. And with most of the uh, prescriptions that I take, uh, it, it works out fine. But then when I call my doctor in between, I says, you know, I'm having a little problem with this, uh, this drug that I've been taking for years in pricing. And uh, my, my doctor, well, actually, you can never talk to a doctor. You have to talk to somebody else who then talks right. to the doctor and then uh, remembers to get back to you like a week and a half later. Uh, right. But anyway, so they, they examine it and they look at it because I said, is there some other... Uh, medication I can switch to and then the answer comes back no if you stop taking that one you're gonna die so basically I'm (laughs) getting gouged so that I don't die 
Well, there is some advantage to that. The uh, now, now I know you know what. To, first of all, you are a Costco member, aren't you? Uh, Costco? No, I don't. It's too expensive for me, Steve. Uh, you know. Oh, but could I? But. If I could be a member of your family, I could get the friends and family right now. I'll, I'll adopt you. Okay, go. Yeah. I can't wait to go. This is my son. <laughs> well, he looks older than you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you, the just, way it works. Just say you Wait started early. What the heck? But no, I, I mean, because Costco, it, you should check, because Costco pharmacies, I I believe, I don't know if this is in every state or just some no, states. It, it's this but, state. You, yeah, they got to be open to everybody. Right. Yeah. So, right. so back when I got my original big round of uh, prescriptions after my last deadly diagnosis, um, and the um, uh, see, I was in the hospital when they did this. So in the hospital, they give you a social worker, and when the social worker uh, they showed, give you a social yes, worker, yes, which you, you which you carry around with you, and <laughs> and and can you take her home? And well. It, it was a guy. I didn't want to take him home. Oh, uh, no, anyway, never mind. So, <laughs> so anyway, the social worker, I've learned that the first thing you say to him is, I can't afford my prescriptions. You know, whether I can or not. Yeah, you just say that. And then they they come back to you and they give you like lots of options, some of them being discount cards, uh, some of them being, oh, you should go to Costco. So the uh, the last time I did that, I I went to Costco and I was just I was just reeling it in there to say, oh, two dollars, gotcha, three dollars, gotcha, four dollars, no sweat, ninety three dollars. Wait a minute, what? And so <laughs> so then I did some uh, research and uh, then. Because I wasn't really signed up for Medicare at that moment. So then when I signed up for Medicare and then uh, I got a broker, a really great guy. By the way, if you're going on Medicare, get yourself a broker because they do the research for you. They tell you what's in all these plans. So I got a broker and said, I need to find a plan so that I don't have to pay $93 for this. And he looks and he goes, well, like every plan does that. You just get back down to $4. So... <laughs> But but for some reason, uh, that was the one that uh, when uh, you guys at Costco were, were setting stuff up, they got to that one and said, how about if we charge 93? And everybody around the table went, score! So uh, that's how that happened. Huh. Well, you know, and, you, and you're talking about um, never getting through to your doctor. Yeah. Which is probably a good thing because one time my doctor's office was okay we'll get back to you shortly and the call came in and i answered it figuring i'm going to be talking to a nurse it was my doctor oh and i darn near had a heart attack from the shock i would have just fallen over absolutely backwards there there's no question if a doctor now i wait a minute let me take that back i have a doctor a specialist and my specialist thinks that i'm like a star and so uh, that doctor actually calls me, and I, I and, and I keep the I keep up the illusion. I you know just say oh, I could have my people call your people, you know, and stuff like that. Just just so he he he, uh, he believes the illusion. Wow, that is that that's amazing. So try that with your doctor. Make him think you're a star. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I have tried that, and 
Uh, that's when he laughs the hardest. Well, then you prove I, it to him. You just uh, you you look at him and you say a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down the pants, and you spray seltzer down his pants, and immediately he he knows that he has to treat you differently. I've got to remember to bring in a seltzer bottle. Of course. Well, you, Where do you get one on the West Coast? <laughs> That's true. That's a, that's a New York thing. You can't get that anywhere up but New York. I'll order it online. They'll deliver. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, you know, I and I just got an Amazon package today. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did I had to order? Uh, I took Sammy to the dog to a dog park yesterday. Oh, I actually, I found one in off leash dog park. Were there chicks? And I went. Um, there were every single one of them was with a guy. Oh, man, you should have put up a sign, you know, uh, no admittance for chicks with guys. Well, that's what I, I have to find a dog park that only allows singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if those exist, but um, but I took Sammy. Now, I take her out in, in the car every so often. And like most dogs, she doesn't just sit there in the seat. She's got to be walking around the back seat. She's got to lean over the front seat to see, what are you doing? I'm driving, you know, you want to get back so I can actually drive without crashing the car. And then it invariably happens where I have to hit the brakes and she goes flying. Of course. So I said, this is not good. So At some point, she's really going to hurt herself. Did you buy a so doggy seat belt? I bought restraints. Yes, these doggy restraints, they go over the, the headrest on the back seat and then they uh, connect to her little collar and she can't go anywhere. So now uh, when you hit the brakes, uh, <clears throat> she not only flies forward, but you strangle her. That's right. She's hanged. And uh, yeah, and I, I play the theme song from Hang 'em High and go get another dog. Yeah, that's that. Um, that's not that simple. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to get rid of her. But she was really funny. And then she discovered they had a, a little kiddie pool at this dog park filled with water. She discovered that following a couple of other dogs around and thought it was just great fun to get in this pool and lie down. Of course. And that meant that you got to drive home with a sopping wet doggy. Well, actually, what I did was I made I made her walk around the place several more times uh, so that she could air dry before we got back in the car. But I'm thinking, all right, do they do they have hair uh, hair dryers for cars that plug into car sockets? Because I think I'm going to have to get one with a really long plug so I can drive <laughs> dry her off next time. Oh, that'll be fine because you know. You've heard of that new car smell. There is nothing like that wet dog smell. <laughs> oh, I have found that out. I was going <laughs> to bathe her yesterday. I haven't done that yet. It's been about three weeks that I've had her, and I think it's about time for me to uh, bathe her. But I did think, okay, now I know i got to get a, uh, a little pool, like a little kiddie pool or something for the backyard. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know. Now that it's getting hotter. That, that's great. And, you know, dogs in cars. My mom used to be an AKC obedience judge. And she also taught obedience training for like 30 years. But um, her own dogs. It's like when uh, when she and my dad would go to like this donut shop every day. I do not know how my parents ended up with teeth at the end of their lives because <laughs> they they went to this donut shop 
every single day. Not only that, it was Krispy Kreme, which is basically just a ball of sugar, you know. Right. But uh, they would take their dogs with them, their alleged trained dogs that my mother trained. Now, the dogs had actually trained them. And that was the dogs apparently had a timer that they set when my parents got out of the car and went into the donut shop. Because after a certain amount of time, these two dogs would take turns honking the horn. What? (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah, because you know know that somebody's got to come out and and tell you to, to knock it off, and you get attention. But basically, it was the people in the donut shop saying, Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Tidwell, time's up. Put your coffee down. Leave whatever donut you haven't finished. And get out and make those dogs stop. <laughs> the, the, the best thing, I mean, the only thing that, that Sammy does. Hey, first of all, she opened my uh, my office storage cabinet. Well, that's great. And I don't know. The only thing you I, have to be I, concerned about is when she can open your safe. Well, she can't do that because I don't have one. Uh, there's nothing in this house worth keeping in a safe. For any robbers listening, take me <laughs> off your list. There's nothing here. Um, Just don't take her and, to the bank. And, you know, I purposely keep my house a mess so that any robbers who do come in will go, oh, too late. Somebody beat us to it. <laughs> um, but what the heck was I saying? And now I don't even remember. Uh, oh, so she she doesn't like did I I don't know if we talked about this last time, uh, but she doesn't like eating her food on the little mat I have in the kitchen for her to eat on. So she's always dragging the whole bowl filled with food into the living room. Well, why not? I, I mean, I I had a dog that uh, if the uh, the dog's water bowl got nearly empty, uh, she would uh, pick up the bowl. Uh, come to wherever I was and throw it in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> she's done that too. She... Dogs are fun, aren't they fun? But I realized I was thinking of something, thinking about all the money I have spent on this creature since having getting her a few weeks ago, and I think I've spent more on her in the few weeks I've had her than I've spent on the cats. All the years I've had them. Well, you know what they say, you know, uh, dogs have family, cats have staff. (laughs) And I do, oh, I had to take my older cat in for dental surgery. You, I know, you were so worried. I saw the Facebook post. My goodness, you, it was like taking your, like, two-year-old child in. Yes, it, it was awful. I mean, the, the stress and the anxiety that came with it and sitting here until they called and said, she's all done, come get her. And, you know, because I'm, I'm panicking going, oh my God, they're going to call and there's some emergency and something's going to happen and I'm going to have to make the decision whether to take her off life support or whatever and I can't part with her. So I, I'll just have to have her stuffed in, in the corner of the living room. Uh like Roy Rogers did with Trigger. Trigger. But, you know, Alan Alda has uh, published a, uh, a memoir. Yes, the title... Never Let Your Dog Get Stuff. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I read it. it, it, it it's an excellent book for anyone who wants to know more about Alan Alda. Um, <laughs> but, but I was really panicked about uh, poor Gizmo until I got the call. And then what made it that much better, they originally had given me an estimate of about of close to $700 for the whole procedure and the removing the teeth. And they said, oh, and guess what? No teeth, 
needed to be extracted. So it, the whole bill was under 300. Wow, that's you know that's something you never hear from a veterinarian that uh, it's less than they thought. Never. Uh, that no, that the, person's probably going to be drummed out of the uh, the pet medication business. Oh, probably they'll probably go broke. And and yeah, that was that bill. Not only was that with the procedure, but it was with this bottle of mouthwash I bought. Wow. For the cats. 60 bucks which, for a bottle of mouthwash. Can you imagine? Yes. That? No, it's only 15 bucks. This this vet is terrific. And and they every bill I've gotten from them is consistently less than my previous vet. Well, Steve, some, Steve, in Steve, some Steve, cases, you, half the price. you, you got to stop talking about this because people, you know, our listener, our, our listener is going to hear about this and thinking, i got to go to that vet. And then the listener will go in and say, hey, I heard you charge less. And the vet will go, what? And he'll raise his prices. So don't talk you know, about it, this. Well, it's a she. Okay. It's two, two women doctors. I think there's a guy doctor there, but I've never had him yet. I've only had the women. And um, But you notice I have not given the name. No, but they're going to... Of the veterinary. Our listener is going to figure it out. Our listener will figure it. You know, listeners, they're they're Googling right now. Probably. I mean, I I recommended them to my son who's getting a puppy. And uh, now this I don't get. But, you know, there's tons of rescues around here and hundreds of dogs, if not thousands of dogs, to be rescued. He bought a puppy from a breeder in Spokane, the other side of the state. Oh, man. You see, so he drove over to meet the, the dog, and it's like what, an eight-hour drive or whatever it is, and then he drove home, and he couldn't even bring the dog with him because the dog was still a puppy in quarantine. So he's got to drive back again this week to pick the puppy up. You see, if my mother would have been involved, your son would have just caught it because... Here was her edict issued to me. Do not buy a purebred dog unless you plan to show it. There are plenty of dogs that need rescuing, that need families, and uh, unless you're going to take advantage of that breeding, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, and I have I have always been one uh, for rescues and uh, against, I've never bought a dog from a breeder uh, or any animal from a breeder. I am fully, I fully believe in rescuing the critters that need homes. Absolutely. Um, and and I think we may have talked about this before, but I really do believe that they know it uh, and they appreciate. Oh, it. I, I think so. Now, before we uh, we you know we've been talking about the very very important subject of pets and care for pets and that sort of thing, but I do want to bitch about something else, and it's about um, uh, let's see how do I put this in the politest term that I can. Uh, um, okay, assholes who have friended you on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we talked about that before? Well, I don't I mean, know. This see, I, there are so many of them. <laughs> I, I I just have to say that that because um, as of today, up on all sorts of social media platforms, uh, there is uh, a video of audience comments about my play, and. While I completely understand, uh, you know, people having different views 
and that sort of thing. I do not expect anyone who has begged me to be their Facebook friend uh, suddenly announcing that they are it, they are homophobic or that they are, uh, uh, you know, a, a right-wing evangelical uh, moron or something like that. Uh, but that, you know, I, I got like five, I'm unfriending you because you have written a play that involves alternative lifestyles. So it's like, geez, what is the well, matter? Now, wait a minute. How did they know that? Because I, I watched that video that you posted with those audience comments and it seemed to me that everyone who was talking was being careful not to reveal reveal the big secret well, in the play. Well, that, that's true. And it's not a, a tremendous big secret and it really does not have to do with homosexuality or anything like right. that. But um, I think it's because there was one audience member who um, identified their own sexuality during the course of uh, the, mm. the comments. And because when we were looking at the comments and deciding what to include and what to exclude, we felt that, uh, that this person was, was speaking so honestly and so from the heart that uh, we wanted those comments included. And, uh, you know, I, those people who are, you know, condemning that sort of thing, I say, you know, in true Bette Midler fashion, fuck them if they can't take a joke. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I would really, well, I, I, we can't expect anything different with the administration we have in Washington. But I would hope that in 2018, we would be more advanced than being homophobic, being anti-Semitic, being anti-Muslim, or anything else for that matter, and that we haven't learned that, uh, well, well, I mean, that's part of the problem, is there's a whole segment of the population who doesn't believe the U.S. should be a melting pot, even though that's how this country grew. Right, and, you know, even though it is not an official policy, I still, I, I guess, to be American, I believe in the Emma Lazarus poem. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. And I know that the current policy is give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses to be uh, yearning to be free, and we'll give them right back to you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's disgusting. I am, I am, uh, there was a time for a lot of my life, I was proud to be an American. Um, I am no longer. I just say I'm Canadian. <laughs> I, you know, I tried that, and I got a call from the Prime Minister of Canada saying, "Please don't say that." Oh, no, so Trudeau gave you a call. Okay, well, <laughs> you're, you're ruining our reputation. We can't have the likes of you as a Canadian citizen. Just uh, a a point from my uh, my play that uh, we'll run through this week in Las Vegas. That's for our, our listener, just in case you have to be in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Ronnie Brixton, a boxing commentator uh, who is British, he talks about how in uh, the early 1990s, the British were still looking for someone to be uh, a potential British heavyweight championship, a champion. And they 
they were searching far and wide, and so they ended up with Lennox Lewis, who did become a world heavyweight boxing champion, uh, mm-hmm. but he was from the British Commonwealth. He was Canadian. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Brits! They can't do anything. Oh, right. No, I want to. I want to ask you something okay. about about the opening of your play. Yes. Um, the, the normal, the most normal actors, no matter how talented they are, everybody gets a, you know a little bit of butterflies before opening night. Um, and in fact, in a lot of cases, I know many actors who never lose the butterflies throughout the performance. When you are the director and the writer, do you find that the butterflies are different from the butterflies you get as an actor? Well, I guess I'm kind of an unusual uh, writer-director in that I, uh, uh, I, I do go in with a lot of confidence in my work. I, you know, I, I just feel very confident in it. In this case, had a very uh, good actor, although uh, he definitely had some butterflies, and there was no issues at all with his performance, but I know that he was uh, a little agitated. But with me, I was just more curious about uh, how the audience would respond to certain moments within the play and because you you know you do comedy i do comedy that was those points were really the things that i was concerned about would the jokes land i was mm-hmm. not concerned about the uh, the the profundity and the uh, you know seriously dramatic moments. I knew that uh, David Shaughnessy, the actor, would handle them exceptionally well. I knew the audience would feel those feelings. It was the jokes that I was concerned about. Oh, yeah. And and always. And, you know, it was interesting. Years ago, I participated in a, uh, a program at my kids' elementary school. Um, I created a program to teach writing to sixth graders. And what we did at the end of the the semester is we took some of the scenes that the kids had written um, and we brought in professional actors to actually uh, read those scenes, Paul Dooley being one of them. Oh, my goodness. You looked like in one of the things. We had some really good name actors that the kids knew from TV and stuff, and they came in to read the scenes. And there was one girl watching anxiously with her fingers in her mouth, and the actor, who I don't remember which actor it was, delivered a line, and the audience cracked up. The kids in the audience started laughing, and she went, yes, it worked. And I go, see, it's no different when you get older. <laughs> you know, since you brought up Paul Dooley, uh, I think it's this next weekend at uh, uh, the Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. They're doing a uh, showing of Popeye, and one of the, Popeye, one of the, the movie, one of the guest speakers is Paul Dooley. <gasps> that's awesome. Isn't he about a hundred and four now? <laughs> he's, uh, I think, he's ninety-one. Yeah! Wow. And a f- that is a friend of mine uh, recently lost a role to uh, to Paul Dooley because um, uh, they wanted somebody who they said looked younger than my friend who is sixty five. 
I'm, I'm sure Paul Dooley was. Well, you know what? It does help to have a younger wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> his wife is, what, uh, 20 or 30 years younger than he is. But, so. but, you know, one of his very good friends who has been directing uh, Paul in a uh, recent one-man show performances is uh, Donovan Scott, mm. who was also in Popeye and will be yeah. at the Chinese Theater with Paul. Good old Scotty. Now, how, how, how come Popeye hasn't been turned into a musical yet? Uh, because they actually attempted it as a musical. As what was his name? Oh, geez, I can't remember. Oh, darn! And he wrote some of my favorite songs. Well, old guy, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, Popeye was actually a musical, and it's in the movie. It's just you forget it because the the movie music was so god awful. <laughs> well, the movie was pretty uh, not great, um, but I want to see the musical stage version. I went to see um, a, a play. Oh, we're almost out of time. We're going to have to save this for another oh, time. Okay. I was going to talk about a great musical I saw as a, as a, t- a junior high schooler that I loved called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Yes. Um, that I loved, but we'll talk about it another time because we're just about out of time. So I am Steve. And I'm Byron, and every man has a job to do. So, we We are are. old guys bitching, and we will see you next time. Bye.